Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So, folks, we've got some content on this show. We always got good content, but this week we got some juicy content. Unfortunately, we got some injury bugs. We got more running back news. So, we got a lot of stuff to dive into. Hope you guys are good while listening to the show. Dominic, yeah, I'm excited with the content we got. And uh, how are uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you very much for asking. Let's jump right into it. A few guys who aren't doing so great, Dominic, unfortunately. We let's start with uh, maybe being biased here. Let's start with my boy Jalen Ramsey um, getting injured in training camp and having to be carted off. I saw a picture of him this morning and I shed a tear. He's in crutches, he's on the brace, and it looks like he's going to be missing most of the regular season. Hopefully, come back sometime in November, December is what I heard last. And he vows to come back earlier. Obviously, with these type of injuries, you never know. Um, I just happy it wasn't a torn ACL. Obviously, it would have been done for the year. But, oh, man, when these injuries happen, Dom, especially not even in preseason, like even in preseason, they're, they're frustrating. But when it happens even before preseason, even before taking the field with your with your boys, especially with Ramsey and, uh, you know, all the hype that was surrounding him being, like, potentially the best free agent signing and Miami getting a great secondary guy to to uh, pair along with Xavier Howard. It's tough. It was tough for me to take, of course, as a Dolphins fan and uh, you know the good thing is for Miami, you know they they go out, they sign Eli Apple, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, big big blow to the Dolphins uh, with the start with the Jalen Ramsey missing probably the majority of the regular season, unfortunately for Miami. Yeah, it's a pretty big blow. Jalen Ramsey, I thought was going to be the glue to this defense. I just think that losing him is going to put a lot of pressure on the offense in Miami. But we saw Miami last year was able to be heavily involved in a lot of football games where the score was absolutely crazy. We're talking about like almost 40 to 40 points on the board, three points, wins in an overtime. Miami does have the offense to compete with everybody in the NFL. So yes, it's going to hurt Jalen Ramsey not being there. However, I do believe Mike McDaniel is the right guy for the job for Miami to put as many points on the board for Miami. I believe they're going to have to do that every single week. If not, they might be in trouble. Yeah, and you know, not only that, like Miami has Nick Fangio now, the defensive uh, defensive coordinator. So hopefully, he's able to uh, to make sure up a nice potion there that that helps Miami. Um, you know, get to get to bounce back from this injury. And you know, it's not an excuse either. Like, man, this is not a way for Miami to say, oh, you know, if we if we give up a bunch of points now, you know, it's it's okay because one of our main guys is injured. This is still a good defense. They're still getting Javon Holland back. Uh, they still have, you know, some some great D-linemen, Phillips and and guys like that are having uh, you know, great start to their careers. They still have Xavier Howard, so not an excuse there for Miami. Of course, of course, it is a big blow, but I think that you know. Having Fangio there would be the perfect guy to kind of calm things down and, and find a recipe for success, regardless of who's out there playing defense. So, personal thoughts for Ramsey. Heal up, my brother, and hopefully we'll see you back uh, for the playoff push. Uh, another big injury ended up being Joe Burrow. I don't know if you saw the video, but he was uh, he just rolled up to his right. He was limping uh, after that. He, he pulled up right away. It doesn't seem to be a super, super major injury from what I saw last. It's a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, Gerald Burrow has dealt with his, you could say, fair, fair share of injuries in the NFL. Uh, you, is this a concern for you, Dom? Do you think that, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, the body getting used to 
of competing at a, at a high level now after taking uh, obviously the the off season off now, just like everybody else did. Uh, do you think this is more of a concern for you, or do you think that Joe Burrow is going to come back and it shouldn't be that much of an issue? Because we know Joe Burrow is the heart and soul of this team. He doesn't seem uh, at this point that he's going to be missing much time, if any time. So that's uh, the great news for them. But yeah, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? Just a, a fluke injury here, or are we a little bit concerned about Joe Burrow and his health now? I think it's a red flag. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, Joe Burrow, since he's entered this league, has had a little bit of injuries here and there. And when they start adding up, it seems to become a trend. So let's hope that Joe Burrow doesn't start the injury trend for the remainder of his career. Because I always think about Carson Palmer. And when he got a huge injury, he was never the same. And this obviously is not as devastating as Palmer's injury. I just don't like the trend that I see with Joe Burrow being injured more often than none. But we'll see. I think Cincinnati has depth everywhere, but they don't have depth, obviously, at quarterback. So if there's one area which clearly would sink almost any team in the NFL is losing your quarterback. So hopefully Cincinnati gets him back nice and healthy for a nice playoff run. He'll be fine. He'll have a great year. But again, I don't want to see a quarterback picking up an injury trend. And I think Joe Burrow is starting to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, he seems to be doing that. And that's, you know, that's a, like you said, Dom, it's a, it's a red flag there. And it doesn't seem to be that he's going to be missing much time, which is good news there for, for the Bengals. It says several weeks now, you know, who knows what that means. But um, my guess is he'll be ready for week one uh, when, uh, you know, when they're starting, when to start their Super Bowl run there. So that's good, good to, uh, good for Bengals fans. But I think it's important to, yeah, to monitor these injuries and especially, especially with the fact that, you know, there's no doubt about that this Bengals O line has been trying to rewrap for a while now. And Joe Bro- has been sacked uh probably um since entering the league i'm not sure the exact stats but you know he's been hit and he's been sacked uh quite a bit and already in his young career so you want to make sure that uh you know you keep him upright and you keep him healthy so uh, hopefully it's just a few weeks for him uh tim patrick the denver broncos he's going to be missing uh the entire year with a torn achilles these Denver Broncos just can't catch a break. And I know it's not part of, you know, the big three of Sutton, Hamler, uh, and Jerry Judy. And, you know, this is the, the three guys I talk about when you think about Denver and this offense and the wide receivers. But Tim Patrick was also a guy that was kind of flying under the radar. And he stepped it up when you had injuries to, to big guys like the big three that I just mentioned. And when I saw this on, on, uh, on Facebook, I was like, it, it, I don't I don't know what it is with this these Broncos receiving core, but it's it's I don't know it's I don't know if it's bad luck I don't know if it's uh, you know it's bad karma uh, just this these Denver Broncos receivers just can't catch a break and I feel really bad and look the good thing is they still have those few wide receivers that I believe in um, but Tim Katchik was a big guy for them big in the red zone too uh, a big target as well so unfortunately for Russell Wilson he will have one less toy to to play with in the offense and you know you talk about as as a person we forget these guys as you know as people when I play flag football and I have to miss a few weeks because of, you know, a hamstring injury or whatever it is, like I'm devastated just for these guys and having to miss the season, you know, when their heart and soul is flag is, is football um, and, you know, they're training and that's, you know, that's all they're thinking about. You got to really, really feel for these guys. Cause at the end of the day, we forget these guys are, are human uh, before they are football players and getting all this money and trying to win Super Bowl. So I, I really do feel bad like for a guy like Tim Patrick, but anybody that has to miss the whole season, um, especially getting injured in training camp. So unfortunately, Dom, yeah, Tim Patrick can be missing the season. And these Denver Broncos, for some reason, just can't catch a break at the uh, the offensive position. 
Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the wide receivers in Denver to begin <laughs> with. But as you've mentioned, this has been a reincurring theme with the Denver Broncos yeah. with regards to injuries at the wide receiver front. As a matter of fact, I might be breaking news to you. KJ Hamler actually is probably going to be waived. Apparently, oh he's dealing with mild heart irritations called oh. pericarditis. So wow. that's another player that the Denver Broncos will be losing. Oh, my Hamler. So all that being said, Marvin Mims Jr., thank God they drafted him. He's the next man up. He will get an opportunity to play in this offense. We all know Sean Payton seems to find a way to make a superstar out of a wide receiver. Maybe Marvin Mims Jr. does get his opportunity to shine in Denver. Wow, that's you said it breaking news five hours ago, Don. Just pulled out my phone. Broncos cutting KJ Hamler after receiving wow, heart condition. Talk about devastating. That's uh wow, that's tough there. So another blow to the, the Denver Broncos. And like you said, Marvin's Mim Jr., yes, they got him. Um I believe he yeah, he was uh, a deal that came from from the Jets. And I, I liked Marvin Mims uh coming out of I believe it was Baylor and I had high expectations for him. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for the Jets. So maybe a guy like him, like you said, is gonna be able to shine and um uh, and his time uh, will come now. But wow, devastating news there. Thanks for, for breaking that news, Dom. Injury bug continues there for the Denver Broncos, and uh, hopefully it's not serious. Now I'm not sure the exact de- details, but whenever you hear a heart condition, you kind of uh hold your breath there. So Hopefully, it's, uh, he'll be able to, to come back and, and play this season for Denver. Um, yeah, you know, I, let's, let's stay in Denver, Dom. You know, may, may as well. We got the preseason uh, starting uh, actually today as, uh, you know, as, as our show airs, August 3rd preseason. will be today. We got the Hall of Fame game. And uh, with preseason, we talk about teams um, that have to show something in preseason. And I know it's preseason and you don't want to be injured. But I think that for a team like the Denver Broncos, it's going to be important for them to start off fast. you got to think that Russell Wilson is going to take, you know, a few few starting drives. on there, maybe play a half uh, in his first few games, probably sit a game out, but he's going to be playing for a few drives. I'm, I'm very, very curious to see how the season, even the preseason is going to start for the Denver Broncos team. Now, when you got Sean Payton there and, you know, an offensive guru like him and now with the new pieces and with, with some pieces being uh, taken off the Denver Broncos squad, like we just talked about how the Denver Broncos offense is going to look. A lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. So preseason, what, if there's one team I'm looking at in preseason, I think for me it's the Denver Broncos, especially with everything going on and all the moving pieces. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking at Denver's running back situation this preseason. Javante Williams is coming off a knee injury. How good will he be right out of the gate? Obviously, we know Alvin Kamara was a star in New Orleans. Is there a running back in Denver right now that is able to kind of carry Denver's torch. I can't wait to see this offense, and I can't wait to see whether or not a guy like maybe Williams becomes a star. Maybe Sanjay Perrine could do something as well. He was fantastic late in the season in Cincinnati. But yeah, losing all those wide receivers, someone's going to have to pick up the torch. I think it's going to come by the running back position. And Devontae Williams... He's a heck of a running back, right? And coming out of college, there was a lot, um, a lot of uh, you know, hype surrounding him, and rightfully so, because he was an absolute baller. And I think that it's gonna be big, especially when you talk about taking pressure off um 
taking pressure off of, of Russell Wilson, who has a lot on him. So the game for tonight, uh, as, as we record, it's Tuesday, but as, uh, as our show airs, it's Thursday, is going to be um, the New York Jets and Cleveland Browns, a Hall of Fame game. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. What are your uh, expectations? What are your question marks? And what are you looking for uh, into this game that we got today? Hall of Fame game, Jets, Browns. I can't believe I'm saying it. we got preseason NFL football. Oh, man, I feel like I'd have to wait so, so much longer. Time was ticking slowly, but now that the Hall of Fame game is here, I think all us NFL fans are a little bit more excited. So, yeah, the game tonight, we got the Jets and the Browns. Dom, what are your questions and what are you looking for in this game tonight between both squads? Hey, listen, I would have loved to see Aaron Rodgers play, but unfortunately, rumor has it, Zach Wilson will be playing and starting probably most of the game. So, that being said, I'm a bit disappointed. However, yeah. Just the Hall of Fame game, it's always interesting. We're going to see Darrell Revis hit the Hall of Fame. For me, that one is a personal best. I think that Revis Island was one of a kind. He yeah. really showed a lot of people, you know, that he was a one of a kind DB that could shut down everybody. And rightfully so, he is going to the Hall of Fame. That will be interesting. But on the game front, of course, I want to see what Deshaun Watson is going to look like i'm hoping we get to see him play if we don't i think it's a big 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 red flag for the cleveland browns you're not going to showcase a guy that had the entire year off last year almost and now you're hitting preseason week one and you're not even going to start him that's going to showcase to me what kind of mentality cleveland has going into the season i want to see deshaun watson get multiple touchdowns in the first quarter of this game if he does not i'm telling you I don't know what to expect with Cleveland, but it ain't good. No, it, it's not. I, I think this team could be one of those wild card teams. And what I mean, wild card, I don't necessarily mean a wild card spot in the playoffs, but a team that could kind of surprise people. Because, like I said on the show a few weeks ago, I'm not sure people are expecting much from this squad. And when you think about the division, it's right now, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, right? And like they're, they're one and two, and it's between them two of who's going to win the division, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're up and coming. Kenny Pickett's going to have to, you know, uh, improve a little bit. And, you know, we could see him, um, you know, potentially becoming the, the quarterback that coming out of Pittsburgh that the Steelers had hoped he'd become. But it's a little premature to expect them to win the division this year. The Cleveland Browns, I don't expect them to win the division, but if you tell me this team grabs a wild card spot, you know, I wouldn't be all that surprised because we see, we've see we seen Deshaun Watson and what he had done with Houston. When he was potentially going to Miami, we talked about this guy as a top five quarterback. Some people even had him top three, and he was an absolute magician with the football. So I think it's going to be important, like you said, Dom. Obviously, you don't want to risk injury, but you're going to have to give this guy reps. And, you know, if that includes putting him more in the preseason and unfortunately risking injury, you know, so be it. It's it's terrible when guys get injured in the preseason. But you talk about a guy that really needs to put his face on the franchise and, you know, be that leader for this team. I think it's going to it's going to start by looking good in the preseason. Right. And and I know that you know, there's always this big debate. Would you risk injury? Yada, yada, yada. But I think for Deshaun, he's really going to have to start getting in the same page because he looked completely lost in this offense last season and maybe it was to be expected he hadn't played football in a while it's a new team but I think preseason now you want to get him some some reps completions with the receivers you know maybe short dink and dunk passes but you want to build his confidence up because I don't know if his confidence is shot but you can't blame him if if it is after last season so I think it's going to be big to monitor that and you know with the Jets and, and their new offense and the guys they got there to, to keep an eye on those guys as well for the game tonight so, Mr. Demise, sir, the running back saga continues. 
Jonathan Taylor, one of the better running backs in football, has now demanded a trade out of Indianapolis. This was breaking news. I couldn't believe this when I saw it. And look, at this point, I think we should be surprised with anything that happens with running backs because of everything that's going on. The running backs seem to be teaming up and voicing their displeasure at, you know, their fact that they haven't been seen valuable to NFL teams, to NFL coaches, um, and to uh, to owners as well. So that's going to be uh, something to uh, to keep an eye on there. Uh, so he's not only is he demanding a trade, uh, but there's a few uh, choice words uh, between him and and Ursi that we talked about off air. So yeah, what are your what is your initial reaction to the fact that Jonathan Taylor has demanded a trade because he was the heart and soul and still is the heart and soul of this Colts offense? This would be huge, right? You know, uh, you got Anthony Richardson coming in, and hopefully they can work some of that one two punch. But now with Taylor gone. Oof, this this throws a wrench into the plans of the Colts, Dominic, to say the least. I'm really disappointed with Jim Isray. I think that this guy is a bit like Jerry Jones. They like the limelight. They say things they probably shouldn't. And in this situation, Isray started by saying, I don't think the running backs have anything to say, basically, in that kind of sense. In other words, shut up is basically what he was saying. Let me run my team and you guys should just basically, you know, accept what you're going to get. And to me, when your star player is Jonathan Taylor and he's up for contract, what are you thinking, Jim Israel? What are you thinking? Well, obviously you thought completely wrong because now Jonathan Taylor is asking for a trade. And, you know, it hasn't started too well with Anthony Richardson either, Israel. And I'm sure you had a huge, huge hand in bringing him into the fold because we all like to have a new, beautiful quarterback. And I honestly think that Anthony Richardson, the way it's all shaping up, is going to be a bust. And I really didn't think that at all. I loved his game tape. You know, they brought in Shane Steichen to kind of do the same thing with Jalen Hurts that he did in, in the Eagles. He was hoping to replicate that recipe in Indianapolis. Unfortunately, it is starting terrible. So all Colts fans out there, you need to put Israel on alert. In other words, voice your displeasure with what's going on. Of course, Israel is going to go out and have a an epiphany and said, what did I do? What did I do? I'm going to go and kind of like coddle my Jonathan Taylor saying like, you're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. No, the damage has been done. He even threw Quentin Nelson saying like, yo, you guys are going to be hall of famers, you know, just stay the course. Who wants to stay the course when an owner, the guy that, you know, you're putting your body on the line for is showing you so much disrespect. I believe the Indianapolis Colts season has just gone down the tubes because of who? Because of an owner with a big mouth. And unfortunately, everybody else in that organization is going to pay the price, including the fans. Congratulations, Indy. You're not making the playoffs. I hope Anthony Richardson can come back because right now he just had a huge nose procedure. I don't know how that's going to affect his breathing on the field. I don't know if that's a positive, if it's a negative, but all I know, it doesn't look good. So yeah, I'm scared for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people aren't. I think Colts fans would be as well. Ursi was active, asked about the comments, and he said it wasn't directed at Jonathan Taylor. And, and you know, we we need a guy like Taylor on our team. We want to get it done. So of course, it's easy to kind of backtrack after that, but. 
to have friction within your own organization is always, always difficult. Like you always have to understand you're playing 31 other teams. And whenever this happens, it's like you're playing a 32nd, right? You're playing against your own team. And it's the NFL is already a hard league to win games in and let alone win a Super Bowl. And especially when you have a young team and a guy like Richardson coming in. Oh, this is just this is this is bad aura. This is just a bad kind of stale feeling now for the Indianapolis Colts. And look, this is just the, the running back side continuing from now with Jonathan Taylor and to guys that we've seen that want and the Saquon Barkley too. Like this is you talk about an offseason filled with, you know, running backs voicing their displeasure. I think you could make the case that with everything happening in the offseason, even with guys, you know, changing places with the draft, um, Bryce Young being picked number one overall and everything that's been going on. You can see the biggest part of this offseason has really been the running backs. And um, A, them voicing the, their displeasure. You know, B, guys like Saquon getting $11 million a year when a lot of people think he should be getting more considering what Danny Dimes is getting. It's I don't think I've, I remember seeing, Dom, correct me if I'm wrong, but a position group voicing the displeasure as much as this running back uh committee has been and I think what makes it so strong is it's not just one or two running backs that are doing this you have running backs teaming up together I think this really started from Austin Eckler and him voicing you know his displeasure at you know the way um, he's not being thought of as you know a top player in the NFL and his production on the football field not only that you have wide receivers you have tight ends and you have quarterbacks also saying this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Let's let's value our running backs. They're a super big part of our offense too. Uh, so it's not just the RBs putting their input. It's also everybody around the football field and on the football field, even defensive players. I can't remember seeing something like this in terms of a position group since I started watching football, Dominic. Maybe you have, but for me, this is the first. Well, I've seen it a bit with the linebacker core back in the day in Pittsburgh. There's okay, always, yeah. there always going to be a position that's going to take the brunt of uh, the business side of football and everybody usually has different kind of like positions that they want to focus on that they don't want to be as strong because of the game plan so in other words there's more of a revolving door but for everybody now to have selected the running back position like almost the majority of teams in the nfl it really has to do with you know where football's going and we talked about this in last week's show and i think it has to do with you know, a lot of coaches coming into the league wanting to put a lot of points on the board and not being so focused on the running back position and running down the clock. So mm-hmm. all that being said, I don't see the market changing for running backs and they're just going to have to bite the bullet as much as that hurts me to say. The guy that I feel the worst for out of this entire saga is Jacobs in Las Vegas. Jacobs ran for 1,600 yards, folks. I'm sorry, a guy who runs 1,600 yards deserves to get paid. He's going to sit out until week one. He's not penalized for it because he didn't sign his franchise tag. I assume that he's going to have no choice and he's going to play week one because there's been, as of late, a lot of running backs who have sat out, who unfortunately for them, it hasn't turned out too well. So if I'm Jacobs, Unfortunately, like Barkley did, you have to bite the bullet because you got to still showcase. You got to stay fresh. You got to be there to produce. But unfortunately, you're getting the smaller piece of the pie. So how long will this last? It takes somebody, a game plan or a player to basically bring that position back up to where it needs to be. And for the last you know, 10 years or so, we haven't seen them. There's also a lack of running back 
in the NFL. I mean, not as much as quarterbacks, in my opinion. I think that you could probably build a lot of great game plans around the running back position, but the games changed also in different ways with regards to the rules. So people are not ready to risk that. The only team that I've seen that's done that is the Tennessee Titans and a bit of the San Francisco 49ers. Those are the only two. You're going to see a bit, maybe the Jets do that this year as well. But other than that, there's not many teams who are willing to risk running the football first. Indy clearly had this plan this year, but they Mm -hmm. just shot themselves in the foot. Gardner Minshew is going to have to basically put this team on his shoulders because I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to play that much this year. I really don't. Everything that I read on him this year doesn't seem to be good. And a guy like Jonathan Taylor, if he's not there, he's obviously going to put that much more pressure on Anthony Richardson. And I just think it's going to be too much for the poor kid. And that starts with ownership being a complete bozo the clown in Jim Israel. So you, you your gut's telling you that Anthony Richardson will not start the season as QB1? No, he will not start this season yeah. as QB1. Garner Minshew is going to come in. Anthony Richardson, unfortunately, like many quarterbacks, still needs to work on his accuracy. He just doesn't have it. And you could have masked that problem by having a solid running back in Jonathan Taylor. Right. But if he's not there, Zach Moss, they got Evan Hall, Jake Funk. Who the hell is Jake Funk? <laughs> yeah, this team is going to feel the funk. They are not going anywhere this year. Great stuff there, Don. That was pretty impressive. But yes, they also have another injury to uh, another one of their running backs there to the Colts. So a few question marks uh, to, to answer there. And look, you talk about like sitting out. And of course, sitting out is always an option. You could do, you know, Josh Jacobs could do that as well. Uh, and you could have guys do that. You could have Jonathan Taylor do that. But I just for me, like when I think about sitting, I just remember Zeke and Zeke sitting out and then he got his big contract. And then you, know, you look a few years later and, you know, Zeke is not on a team anymore. And it's you, you when you sit out, you know, you are obviously only hurting yourself. But you're doing it for a purpose where right? you're not sitting up because you don't want to play the game of football. You're, you're sitting up because you want to show your worth and you don't feel like you're being respected. And, and I get that. And, and, and for certain to a certain extent, I, I you know, I really respect that. And I say, yes, you got to believe in yourself. You got to bank on yourself because a lot of times nobody else will. So I do do respect that. The thing is that it, it's taking a risk, right? You sit out and, you know, you, you're not coming to training camp and you kind of, you know, I don't want to say fall out of the offense, but then that means that other guys got to take your reps and you, you kind of get into a little bit of a cat and mouse game. When is this guy coming back? Um, is the guy taking my reps now? Is this he think he's going to be starting? So it, it poses a lot of questions when guys sit out. And not to say that I don't understand or I don't agree with it, but it's kind of like you're doing it at your own risk. Um, so if yeah, if Jacob sits out and if, if Taylor sits out until he gets traded, you can see these guys, unfortunately, sitting back. And it's kind of like a Le'Veon Bell situation. So things, things can get, get ugly. And I think things are already starting to get a little bit ugly now in Indianapolis and, and with the Raiders as well and Jacob. So... These are a lot of things to uh, to monitor for sure for for both uh, for both these teams now uh, in the NFL, and I think that you know when you think about uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and you said you said you had a really good comment there, Dom, is that you know this is a team that you know you want to take pressure off of your quarterback, no matter who's playing quarterback there, whether it's Minshew, whether it's Richardson, and you know having a guy Jonathan Taylor would have been great to do that, but unfortunately it just doesn't seem uh, like he's gonna start the season with this team or you know even take rb1 reps and who even knows if he's going to be on this team 
come uh you know come time to uh to, to start the season there dom so a few few question marks to answer there and uh and yeah things uh things aren't looking great for the rbs now dominic they certainly do not look good but i do have faith that in the next couple of years maybe even this year i think we're going to see a running back be a star in the super bowl and that's what needs to happen the guy needs to carry his team during the Super Bowl. We haven't seen that in quite a while. I think Marshawn Lynch, that's the kind of guy. You need a guy like a Marshawn Lynch to really rejuvenate that running back position, specifically in the Super Bowl. But as we all know, you know, it's become a really big passing league. So yeah, you need a guy to win the Super Bowl through the running back position to change the culture that we currently are seeing in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's and it's you know that's going to be something to, to to think about now. Will this stance by running backs change? You know, well they're they're making a stance, and it's just going to be important to see a will they get paid more, b will they be used more, and uh, you know like like I talked about on the the show last week, it's it's unfortunate, but you know teams over the course of history, it's shown that teams that that don't pay running backs ultimately go and and you know win the Super Bowl. So hopefully for for uh, for them that it won't be uh, it, it won't continue along that trend of you know not getting paid and and feeling dis- disrespected. Um, we talk about uh, you know preseason now done with preseason starting today. Crazy in the Hall of Fame game. I can't believe I'm saying that, folks. This is not a dream. It's not a joke. We got preseason starting tonight. Um, what are the teams I get or and or players and or coaches that you know for the beginning of preseason that that you feel you're keeping an eye on? We talk about yeah Aaron Rodgers, but unfortunately it doesn't look like he's going to play today. Other guys, maybe not even necessarily new guys in new places, but guys from, you know, that were on their team last year, you think they need to have a great year. What are you looking for in this preseason? Uh, and, you know, which players and, and teams are you keeping an eye on uh, early on in preseason? Well, the one area is quarterback that I'm always eyeing to find out who is going to be the starting quarterback. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still haven't figured that out. So that's my number one team that I need to find out. Are they going with Baker or are they going with Cal Trask? My heart wants to see Cal Trask because I think that Baker Mayfield has had ample of opportunities to see if he's a good quarterback. And I think that at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to be able to read the defenses as well. And I think it's because of his height. However, we know that... You know, Todd Bowles is the head coach of this football team, but Bruce Arians is somewhere in the clubhouse looking down. And if there's somebody that can coach quarterbacks, that is Bruce Arians. He knows how to unlock the key to any quarterback in the NFL. That's my personal opinion. So I think we are going to see maybe Baker Mayfield week one because of his name. But what I like about Cal Trask, is that he's a beast at 6'5". When you have a guy that can, you know, see over the line, you got an advantage right there. And a guy that already has been in the system for quite a while, and he has already two huge wide receivers at his disposal in Godwin and Mike Evans, why not just give this guy an opportunity? We've seen what we've had in Baker Mayfield. So basically, that's my number one. There's a few others, but definitely my number one is what's going to go on in Tampa Bay between Baker Mayfield and Cal Trask. 
I like that. That's a, a good take there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that some of you said that that makes sense is you kind of know what you have in Baker. Kyle Trask, you, you don't really, right? And can do you think a guy like Baker could take you to the Super Bowl? I'm not sure. With, not saying that Kyle Trask is a guy that can't either. However, you you don't really know what you have in him yet. So I think that, yeah, you may as well roll the dice there and see what you got. For me, my eyes focus the game, August 12th, 4 p.m., New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. This is where I hope we'll see. I'd be surprised if we don't see Bryce Young here taking QB1 reps in this game uh, to see what uh, you have in the number one overall pick. I'm really curious to see Bryce Young. And, you know, you talk about we talked about him. We talked about his hype and about him being picked over C.J. Stroud, him being picked over guys like Anthony Richardson, Will Levi, and, you know, the 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 great run, uh, quarterback uh, class that we saw this year, and he was taking first overall. So you know that's a lot of pressure to be taking number one overall. It's also a lot of pressure to be taking number one overall when you're a quarterback in a class that had a very good QB draft class. So now, his height obvious is obviously a concern, and we've talked about you know when's the last time we saw a guy we know with his height being able to kind of maneuver and be as good as Russell Wilson, there's Drew Brees, and of course you're comparing him to two great quarterbacks. Uh, especially while Russell Wilson struggled last year, but you you get what I'm saying. So two reasons I'm excited for this game. One of them is, is New York Jets. Obviously, you want to see potentially Rodgers plays in this game, and uh, you know I want to see that defense, and I want to see with the new pieces they have if Rodgers is able to click with that offense. But Bryce Young is going to be playing this game. Hopefully, I expect he will. And it's going to be playing against a good defense. Now we don't know who's going to be starting for the Jets. We don't know if their defense is going to play. You know, the first quarter, second quarter, the majority of the game, or if they won't play at all, who they're going to use. But this is a New York Jets team. That has a good defense regardless of who's out there. They're a well-coached team. You know, Robert Salas, the head coach, and he's a defensive-minded coach first. So I think this can be an important game for Bryce Young, not only because it's his first action in the NFL, but also because he's playing a, a defensive-minded team in the New York Jets. And look, I think we're going to see very early on what Bryce, Young, what, what Bryce Young is about. You know, is are the lights going to be too big for him? Is he going to crumble under the pressure? Is the site going to be a big issue? Uh, his hand size, you know, and the fact that he was not necessarily seen as the overall consensus number one pick. For me, I'm glad they took him number one overall. I think he was the best player in this draft. I'm really rooting for him. Um, and he's got weapons now, so I want to see how he's going to use them. Uh, and I really want to see how he carries himself in the pocket you know not necessarily completing passes not necessarily how the ball looks coming out of his hands those are obviously important things but i want to see his calm and cool as a cucumber demeanor because that's what he had in his entire career at alabama the stage was never too bright with him i know this is only preseason, but you got to expect jitters to be there in your first reps in the nfl even though it is only preseason. i'm not saying i look forward to dom for me it's how does he compose himself? What is his demeanor like? Does he get the ball and scramble out of the pocket right away? Are these big defensive linemen going to be too too big, too much for him to handle? How is his mental game going to be? And for me, that's going to be the, the number one question mark for me. It's it maybe an obvious one, the number one overall pick being Bryce Young at a quarterback. But that game for me is a game I'm going to keep an eye on, the Jets and the Panthers, and specifically because I want to see how Bryce Young conducts himself and uh, you know how he's able to uh, to move around in the pocket and uh, and hopefully complete the majority of his passes uh, in his first first start in the NFL. Listen, I was a huge Carolina fan a few years ago. I thought they had one of the best drafts, if not the best draft. However, that's a few years ago. And now, unfortunately, it just didn't pan out for them, specifically on the offense. What is it about Bryce Young specifically that you enjoy about his game? That's a great question, Dom. Uh, for me, uh, not to repeat myself, I just I love guys that are composed. And when I watched Alabama games, it was... Uh, I, when they would get scored on defense and Bryce Young would get the ball back 
with let's say a minute left and you know needing a touchdown it was it was okay Bryce Young's gonna do this he's gonna put the team on his back and they're gonna go out and win this game in my mind watching Alabama play there was no doubt he was gonna get the job done if they needed a field goal he was gonna go get a field goal and I guess that was because just the way he conducted himself the way he conducted his team and he doesn't go about it in an arrogant way he just he trusts himself um and I believe he was saying he does like meditation before the game. And you could just see that the, the lights were never, ever too bright for uh, Bryce Young. And and for me, ultimately, I, I think that's what it is. You know, he throws a great ball. He's he's he eludes sacks. But for me, being a quarterback, you have to be mentally strong. And he, he was mentally strong his entire career throughout Alabama. At Alabama, so for me, I think it's the mental game, Dom, and just the fact that he's always calm and he always seems to be in control of every, any situation. Well, you might have hit a bullseye there if that's the case. You know, I just I am really wary about Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. He can handle the pressure, sure. If he can, you know, have a lot of moxie to whatever situation's never too big for him, sure, that's cool. But what is his body going to feel like when he gets slammed to the ground by a massive behemoth 300-pound <laughs> defensive lineman? This is what I want to see before I make any opinion on Bryce Young. Because what I see right now is the smallest quarterback I've ever seen play the position. And this is not an exaggeration. You look at him between his offensive linemen, it's like he's not even there. You basically... Watch when you see him in the huddle. He's just, he seems too thin, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like he's got enough weight on him already. And for the coaching staff and the organization to put him out there week one, I think is a mistake. I don't know if he's going to be able to stay that calm once he gets destroyed by eventually somebody in the NFL. And I think that you're going to find out exactly who Bryce Young is when he does. I'm afraid that he doesn't have the build to play the position out of the gate. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a star or anything like that. It just Mm. means to me, right off the bat, you're not developing him properly. He might be the next Drew Brees, but that's a really high benchmark to hit. A guy that was really small and he's already in the Hall of Fame. Heck, he was almost on par with the great statistically. So... I don't think he's the next Drew Brees. I don't think Frank Reich can make him the next Drew Brees either. But he got drafted number one overall. You say that he's a calm, cool, and collected cucumber. Let's see what he can do. It's a very fair take there, Dominic. Things change when you got, uh, like you said, big uh, big boys running after you. And for sure, height is definitely going to be, uh, you know, something something to monitor. It's and maybe not just sh- height, man. It's not just yeah. height. It's, it's his build. He just yeah. looks scrawny. And I've yeah. never seen a guy so scrawny play the QB position in my life. I remember you sending me a picture. Uh, you sent me a picture about, uh, you know, him with his huddle. And he, he honestly looked like a, like a toddler and you, you are right. So hopefully, you know, that's not going to be something that, that plays him in the NFL. I think it's going to be evident very early on to see what uh, we get, especially in that game against the Jets. So folks, this is not a drill. This is not a joke. We got NFL preseason tonight, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns. I can't wait for this one. I don't care who's playing in this game. As long as I got some football to watch, I am excited and I am definitely, definitely a happy camper. Dominic, I mean, you know I say this every year, but it really just feels like if it was a few weeks ago since the Chiefs hosted the Lombardi Trophy and beat the Eagles in that incredible game. I can't believe we're already at preseason, let alone training camp. Oh, man, I'm so pumped. Am I the only one that feels that this offseason happened super quickly? No, it definitely did happen super quickly. I thought that we had a great offseason, a huge draft, 
Now we're entering training camp. It's, you know, that time of the year where nobody knows who's going to come out yeah. of any division because as long as you got a ticket in the season, usually we say that about the playoffs, as long as you got a ticket in the playoffs, but hell, we're week one. Everybody's <laughs> a champion. Let's see what can happen. And I can't wait for week one in the NFL to start, let alone preseason. For real, just a few weeks away until we kick off between the Detroit Lions and the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. That uh, promises to be a good one, especially with the hype surrounding the Lions now. Um, so let's go to preseason is big. Obviously, like you mentioned, Dominic, just a few moments ago, we talk about battles and, you know, QB battles, running back battles, tight end battles. For me, a big one to focus on is going to be that of the San Francisco 49ers. you got Trey Lance, you got Brock Purdy. And look, for me, it's simple. A lot of people, their, their go-to, um, I guess I could say statement in giving Trey Lance a nod to start this season is the 49ers gave up too much to get Trey Lance in order for him not to play. And there's a part of me that well, that agrees with that, and I understand that. However, in my mind, you put the guy out there that makes your team the best, obviously, you know, Captain Obvious, but that gives your team the best chance to win the Super Bowl. If I'm San Francisco 49ers and I'm playing my first game tomorrow, who gives me the best chance to make a Super Bowl run? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Brock Purdy? Trey Lance, we haven't seen much of him, and what we've seen of him, unfortunately, hasn't been great. Brock Purdy, he's been great. He was not great in that playoff game, but you know there was a, there was he, he was injured first of all. Beginning of that game, he you know he wasn't great. Let's you know we're not going to sugarcoat it there. Um, and he not necessarily would have won that game. Who knows uh, if if he stayed healthy? But there was a lot of stuff going against San Francisco 49ers. Let's just say that game wasn't one of his best, even though he was injured. Didn't seem like he was going to be the 49ers day, but who knows? But even if we count that game, I love what I saw out of Brock Purdy. For me, I, I don't think you can justify not giving Brock Purdy the starting job. And I understand the other point of view. But for me, I'm not thinking about what I gave up. I'm not thinking about where this guy was drafted, where this guy went to college, how good Trey Lance was. What I saw out of Brock Purdy last year makes this team a Super Bowl contender. They seem to be able to win with anybody at the quarterback position. And if you're going to mess up the recipe of success that they had last year with Brock Purdy after Jimmy Garoppolo got injured, you better damn well be sure that Trey Lance is your guy. And I'm not sure you can afford to start him the season when, you know, maybe go start the season, you know, one and two, one and three. This is a tough division and you don't want to be throwing games in the garbage. And I'm not saying that Trey Lance is necessarily going to lose them games, but you know what you have in Brock Purdy. And for me, Brock Purdy needs to be the starter for this 49ers team say what you want about what you gave up but for me it would be a shame and it would be unfortunate if Brock Perry doesn't get the start so look preseason I'm sure both guys are going to get a chance and that's still a battle I don't think they've announced who's going to uh, take the QB one reps for the 49ers but for me it has to be Purdy and I think he's going to win the starting job yeah William you're 100 right I do believe that Purdy will be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers at the end of the day, just he just seems to be able to run the system better, in my personal opinion. I do know that Trey Lance has certain skill sets that Brock Purdy does not, but I think it's time to bite the bullet on what you gave up with Trey Lance and just move on. And you got yourself Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick, the last guy overall to be selected. It's quite the story, and I brought up a few weeks ago the similarities of Kurt Warner coming from a grocery store and heading to the NFL. <laughs> you know, Brock Purdy is another great story. Why not? Kyle Shanahan, even though I don't think he's a, a phenomenal coach in terms of his schemes, 
I think he's consistent. And that's what anybody wants as a fan is to make at least the playoffs every year to have the joy to win potentially a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy will allow them to be consistent this season. Trey Lance will unfortunately make more mistakes than Brock Purdy. So yeah, put the guy in. Let's see what he can do. The only thing that could be kind of like the red flag is he just was pretty much it was a pretty big injury that he got. Yeah, let's it was. Honest. It wasn't a, like a, a small injury. So let's hope for the guy that he's not as injured as he was last year. He clearly won't be. But let's just hope for the guy he enters the season a lot healthier and he can do what he did last year because he's got the weapons. He's got McCaffrey. He's got Kittle. He's got Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. You can run an offense with those three guys, definitely. And how far you can go? Well, hell, Look at that defense. That defense is going to give you a lot of opportunities. And that coach, well, if he doesn't get in his own way, he'll be just fine. And maybe at the end of the day, we'll finally win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I feel for him and I think he deserves one. It begs the question, right? Brock Purdy gets to start. What happens to Trey Lance? What can the 49ers get out of Trey Lance? Uh, could Trey Lance, you know, still be that quarterback that they they hoped he was? Um Coming out of college, because you know this guy was, we can't forget what they gave up for him, right? They drafted, um, they drafted him very early on. He was third overall, uh, third overall pick to to the 49ers. and you know with with him is there's a ton of upside with Trey Lance, and with a ton of upside it comes a little bit of downside. He's going to make his mistakes, like you had mentioned. Uh, but there are teams that could use a guy like Trey Lance. Like, what do you see happening to Trey Lance? Let's say Brock Purdy. I think we both agree Brock Purdy will get the starting job. Does that mean Trey Lance is going to be a backup and there just in case we see an injury happen to Brock Purdy? Do you see a future with uh, Trey Lance with the San Francisco 49ers? And is there you know, a way maybe somebody else could grab him? Can they get... Could the 49ers, like, what can they get at Trey Lance? Can they get a first-round pick? Can they get a second-round pick? Um, because this is still a valuable piece that you have now in um, in Trey Lance. And you do got to feel for the guy, right? You got to feel for him, uh, you know, him getting injured and him wanting to finally take over after Jimmy Garoppolo injure, injury. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, you know, what where does the Steve Trey Lance? It's a lot of question marks now. Well, the franchise that did exactly the same thing as San Francisco was the Green Bay Packers. You know, Jordan Love was in the shadows of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Now Jordan Love gets the opportunity to unlock his skill sets. Between Jordan Love and Trey Lance, I think they're very identical quarterbacks. I really do. Right now, Sean Clifford, I don't know who this rookie is, is the backup quarterback in Green Bay. But I would, you know, maybe even trade for Trey Lance. I really would because... That's the type of offense you're running in Green Bay. You're bringing in a mobile quarterback that is so, so accurate. You're going to try to do a lot of creative play designs to really get you through this season. And Matt LaFleur, you know, he started off his career very well. I would imagine that, you know, this year he should be probably around 500. He seems to be a pretty decent coach. But if Jordan Love goes down, what, you're going to put Sean Clifford? Trade for uh, Trey Lance. See what happens if Jordan Love ends up being a bust. Well, you got yourself another exact replica in Trey Lance so that's where I would that's what I would do I would literally trade for Trey Lance if I'm the Green Bay Packers Hey, that's none of it. Like you said, he may be a similar type player, and you know why not get an extra guy that could potentially fit the system there uh, for the Green Bay Packers? I'll throw it over you to you, Dom. I talked about you know you talked about some QB battles there in Tampa Bay. I talked about one here in San Francisco. Uh, anything else you're looking for? Not necessarily a battle, or just things that you're uh, excited for in uh, in the preseason. Now with preseason starting later tonight. Well, I really can't wait to see whether or not Matthew Stafford is going to be able to be the Matthew Stafford of old. 
The Rams have nothing going for themselves this year. So if there's one guy that needs to save the season, that's going to have to be Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And on that same token, what are we going to have with Cooper Cup this year? Is Cooper yeah. Cup, you know, going to be done? Because that was a pretty big knee injury. Is he going to be as quick as he was in the past? A lot of questions in Los Angeles. You know, we had Sean McVay on the NFL Network the other day saying, you know, we got no pressure. We got no pressure. Well, fans will give you that pressure because you still won a Super Bowl just a couple years ago. So even though you, you know, you ran Ramsey out of town to your Miami Dolphins, there's still a big guy there in Aaron Donald. And when he plays strong, hard football, you know, that defense could definitely hold the Rams in a couple games this year. So let's see what happens. But Matthew Stafford, for a guy that, you know, I, I don't want him to be just a one Super Bowl and done quarterback. I really liked him when he used to play with Detroit. I think he's a character guy. I think that the Rams, you know, when they open up their offense, he could still deliver. So I hope for the Rams that they have something in Matthew Stafford this year, because if they don't, they got nothing and they are going to be dead last potentially. I said dead last would be the Raiders potentially, but they're close. The Rams, they're definitely close. Yeah, I know we like <laughs> the the Rams have a lot of question marks, and Cam Akers is going to be a big one to to think about as well there because you know he uh, not only was he expected to to uh, create waves there for the team, but also a fantasy guy. Uh, a lot of people have their fantasy draft starting soon, and one of my buddies drafted Cam Akers very early and was disappointed to say the least. So yes, that'll be a team to uh, to monitor and a player to monitor there in Matthew Stafford. Uh, for me, look. Talk about the Baltimore Ravens. They're a run-first team. I want to see how Odell ends up fitting in this offense. few questions. Do they tailor their offense towards Odell? And I'm not going to say they're going to, you know, he's going to be the main guy in this offense. Do they pass the ball a tad bit more now that they have Odell? Because I'm not sure... You can be the same football team you were in seasons past and have a guy like Odell Beckham for a few reasons. Number one, I think Odell would complain for targets. And honestly, rightfully so. I know we talk about Odell as being a diva and maybe not necessarily the quote-unquote best teammate. We've seen him have hissy fits on the sideline. And yes, you know, that's understandable. But if I'm a wide receiver on the on the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, we're winning the football 70% of the game, I, I'm going to be frustrated, right? You know, as great of a, a teammate player as, as I could be or anybody else on that on that team besides Odell, you know, it, it's going to be frustrating. And I think that they're going to need to make step and pass the football a little bit more. Pretty ironic. We're talking about this now with everything happening in the with the running back uh, committee there and 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 going on around the NFL. But look, I don't think Baltimore needs to necessarily completely change and do a, you know, a 180 or your to no, but they're going to have to mix in a few more pass plays. And th- that I do believe, and not just because they brought in a guy like Odell, but just because you want this offense to be a little bit less predictable. So what does that mean? That means maybe you go play action. You know, you talk a lot, Dom, about a play action receiver. And I think that OBJ can be that for this team. You leave him one-on-one coverage. You got a bunch of guys clouding, uh, clouding up the box of your defense. And, you know, you got a OBJ running a post across the field. There's not many guys that can cover him. I know he's not the Odell that we, that we love and we used to see out of the New York Giants or the Rams are before his injury, but he's still a great receiver. Um, so I want to see a how the Baltimore Ravens consciously make an effort to use him in their offense and be how he fits this offense, right? I want to see if he's going to be on the same page as Lamar. Can Lamar throw an accurate enough ball to you know make him uh, a useful a useful piece for this team? Because you know if he's getting targeted, 
six, seven times a game and, you know, uh, oh, and uh, Lamar's not putting it on the money and not giving him a chance, then, you know, maybe it wasn't worth getting a guy like Odell. And, you know, I think it was regardless if it works out or not, especially with the, with the deal that he got. I still think he has juice left in the tank, but that's going to be something for me I want to keep an eye on is how does this Ravens offense run with him and can he be used enough uh, to that we can see his full potential there and what we saw potentially a spark uh, what he was doing with the New York Giants. For me, that's a big question mark for the Baltimore Ravens. It's a huge question mark, and it's a very bizarre one that they paid a guy who tore his ACL twice and the worst kind of ACL tear, a grade three. So I don't know exactly what to expect on a statistical standpoint for Odell this year. I think they brought him in, honestly, because the Ravens like to be badass. They like to be like, <laughs> no, I'm honest. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, no, he fits the culture, right? Fits the culture. Yeah. They want to have that personality. They want to strike fear. But Odell having two huge knee injuries like that isn't going to scare that many people. What he will do is provide his experience in the locker room, and he will also be a red zone threat. I do think that he still has the ability to run 15 yards and to juke and to get himself open because he's got that experience. But other than that, no, 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 no. This team is going to run the ball. We talked about it last week. I still think this is, a, this is a running football team. I think Odell knows that Lamar Jackson isn't an accurate quarterback. And he knows a guy like Zay Flowers, who was drafted very high, is got drafted very high for a reason. So he's the slot receiver. Expect Zay Flowers to get the majority of the reception, except for maybe in the, in, in the red zone. We'll see probably some Rashad Bateman and some Odell Beckham red zone targets but uh, zay flowers will be leading the wide receivers of baltimore in receptions this year and lamar will be a guy who probably will be running as usual and i would expect maybe jk dobbins to hopefully for him to come off the pup list sometime mid-season because i'm was i was shocked i really was i thought jk dobbins was the guy in baltimore but it seems with the signing of melvin gordon there's a little red flag there in baltimore's who will run the ball but when you, when you have Lamar Jackson, you don't really care too much about running the football. He basically is your quarterback running back. So let's see what happens. Odell, I think he's there for the culture. He's a badass. He will provide the entertainment in the locker room, out of the locker room. As long as he doesn't go too crazy, the Baltimore Ravens will be just fine. And uh, glad you mentioned the rookie there out of Boston College, Zay Flowers. He's a speedster, and he could even be a guy that potentially changes this offense just a tad and provides him with a little bit of spark in the passing game. But I think, like you said, Dom, they're going to be continue to be that run first team. All right, folks, that was a quick show. We are done for today, but do not shed a tear. Later on today, you got NFL preseason to watch. Yes, you do. Hall of Fame game, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns. I don't care who's playing in this game. We got football. Curl up. Enjoy it because the NFL is back, folks. I am super pumped. Dom is super pumped. Everyone is super pumped. Thank you for tuning into the show. Uh, without you guys, there is no show. So we always thank you for that. We'll be back same time, same place next week. You were listening to the Power Hour at CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.